0: everyone I'm Mitch Ashley and I'm Alan Schimel and you're listening to Security Boulevard chats chats absolutely Alan good to be back on the podcast trail on the I feel like we're on the road again we're doing on the podcasting. road like Bob
1: Hope and Bing Crosby Bing Crosby yeah, yeah I don't know those how those many people old. remember that maybe we should look for a horse track I don't know you crooner <laughs> doing um, our USO tour <laughs> yeah <laughs> now we're really dating ourselves yeah, yeah. we are <laughs> um easy back. easy on that one but okay, mitch it's good on. to be back on the podcast for those who have been listening you know we relaunched security boulevard podcast and the devops chats podcast they're separate and um you can follow devops chats on uh, and security boulevard chats on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, or on TechStrong TV, mm-hmm. I think we also play them on DevOps.com and SecurityBoulevard.com. Yeah,
0: they play on there. And uh, Cloud Native Now is podcast, and right, a lot of great and stuff. Digital
1: CXO podcast, TechStrong AI. AI podcast. Yeah. There's a new one coming up. We'll tell you about it next week. And um, and of course, our our CISO talk, our. Uh, uh, Tech Strong Women and DevOps Unbound podcast, mm-hmm. as well as Tech Strong Tech Strong Unplugged, which our own Natan Solomon does, and it's really aimed at you know kids coming out of college, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how they're getting that first gig in tech.
0: Absolutely, great stuff. Very got a lot cool. Of, whether you're security, software, cloud, cloud native, AI, whatever, whatever need, AI. it is,
1: we got you covered here at Tech Strong. Yeah, we've got your podcast.
0: Well, so let's, let's chat a little bit. You'd picked out a couple uh things on. Yeah. I wanted
1: to go um, over a couple of things, Mitch. Um, one article is by our friend, Richie Jennings. For those of you who may not know Richie's over in the UK and he does a blog watch column, I think once a week, maybe more. And in it, he kind of picks out a, a timely topic that's being covered around the web and has excerpts of what people have blogged about on that topic. So the one I, I chose for this week actually just ran last week. Right. And mm-hmm. it was the US will fight Russian disinformation, hacks and leaks and deep fakes. Oh my. <laughs> oh Richie my. has Richie <laughs> has a what's the word? A Cerbic <laughs> sense of humor. Yes. Um sometimes people get rubbed the to wrong Google way. That, whatever yeah, that means. That was a good word, Rich. I pulled that it was a, That was a good word. I pulled it out of there. Yeah, that was one of my asking? Cool or LSAT words, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, though, but the point is someone over at the State Department, you know, made the announcement so we could all sleep well at night that the U.S. government and State Department will be fighting Russian and Chinese uh, disinformation campaigns using AI and not that may try to influence or skew our elections. Well, thank goodness for that. You you um, sleep
0: under the blanket of protection that I offer, yeah, that up I up provide.
1: You can't <laughs> handle the truth, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. but but seriously, look, this is a very serious topic. Oh, all kidding aside, is. right? Unfortunately, I don't think the U.S. State Department is equipped at all to combat this. Um. But that being said, what, I mean, Mitch, what do we have to do to safeguard the integrity of our elections?
0: It is, it is a perplexing question because our use of social media, our use, our our other parties wanting to influence mainly Russia, but I'm sure there's other actors, China, China and others who are creating this information. There's really no good way to tell, is that true? Is that really true? Other than doing your research, right? Whether it's going to try, you trust sources you trust because hopefully they're accurate and Snopes and things like that. Uh, it seems to me though that they're the State Department of doing this. They're labeling it, right? They're saying this is—I well, don't know what words they're going to use, but let's say misinformation. Um, you know, well, that's the government labeling or categorizing, saying what's fake and what's not, and, yeah, and that's going to build say a what lot of yeah, I think all those conspiracy theorists will really appreciate, you know, the government. Well, what was interesting, that
1: <laughs> Mitch, is, uh, you know, there was the argument in the Supreme Court last week around the two state laws from Florida and Texas mm-hmm. trying to regulate the social media companies in terms of free speech and what, you know, what they can censor or not or label or mm-hmm. what have you. And the and the Supreme Court justices seem to be against the two state laws yeah but one of the distinctions they made as to why they were against it is the social media companies are not the government right mm. the government has a I hadn't heard that. a different burden regarding freedom of speech than a private company does they're supposed to have the so public now interest. you're going to get the state department labeling stuff and they have to respect freedom of speech yeah quite frankly a private entity doesn't. Florida and Texas, and I'm sorry, I took us down a legal angle here, but Florida and Texas were making the argument that these social media companies are akin to a public utility and that therefore they had to get treated similar to a government entity and respecting freedom of speech. And the justices, from at least the oral arguments, we haven't seen the written opinion, but from the oral arguments, the justices did not buy into that. They're still private companies. I don't see how the State Department does that without running afoul of freedom of speech. I, I mean, everybody has to abide by it. Well,
0: y- you're right in terms of a public forum and the government has to support that. Um, it, so let me ask if I label something you say, I'm the State Department and I label what you just produced on Facebook, whatever platform, and I say, that's fake. What Alan just posted is fake. Is is that infringing on your free speech, right? Yeah, it
1: sure is. I'm watching yeah. off the court and saying you've infringed on my exactly. freedom of speech. Yeah, you're Not telling The State me. Department will say, no, I let you say it. I just said that it's bullshit.
0: Exactly. I mean, it seems to me that doesn't – I can't see this either solves anything for that reason or – builds trust in the information we're reading because the government has said it's it's yep
1: valid But Mitchell, act. just because this may not be a successful solution doesn't diminish the problem. No, I saw another report this week that just between Russia and China, approximately 75% of all your malware and this kind of stuff uh, comes from Russia and China. Mm-hmm. You know, at some level, freedom of speech or not, you got to start thinking. Hey, I want to close my southern border to immigration. I want to close my electronic border to nonsense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? If seventy-five well, that's what percent China of does. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, then we could all do what they do in China, which is run VPNs to get around that Great Wall of firewall of China. But mm-hmm. um, nevertheless, it brings up a real. Problem, Mitch. We got an election coming up. It's probably going to be another close one, right? Because how fast can eighty-year-olds run? Yeah, yeah, Both
0: that'll of be them. a long race.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but you know, is is interference from foreign governments with, and we didn't even have AI deepfakes last time. We're going to have a lot more this time. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be enough to to tip a state or two? Because that may be all it takes. Well, not that Russia would follow
0: our laws, but uh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. No, no. I I heard, I think yesterday that either the Senate or House, probably Senate, was a few folks are working on a law that says you can't use or you must disclose the use of AI in any political ads.
1: Yeah, if like and when that. we outlaw guns, only guns, only outlaws will have guns, right? I'm sure the Russians, you know, brought to you by Putin. Hello, no. comrade. Please be advised, <laughs> this is a netsky, you know, AI. Now <laughs> get back in Dos, line for your right, bread. whatever the heck it is. But <laughs> your voice um, you. is
0: getting cold. Oh, it's already yes, cold. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, it's ludicrous. I mean, so what's the answer? The answer is the same thing we've been trying to come to terms and grapple with, you know, since social media really burst on the scene, I would say in 2004, 2008, maybe between 2008 and 2012, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, quite frankly, I think actually president Obama was probably the first political campaign that really leveraged Mm -hmm. social media. Right. Mm-hmm. I think John McCain and was data. a little out of, yeah, you know, Sarah Palin was watching Russia from her porch and Barack Obama was all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, it, so even though that was 2008, so that was, you know, 14, four, 16 years ago mm-hmm. as a society, the world, not just the U S has not has not been able to separate truth from bull, mm-hmm. fact from fiction, quality from nonsense when it comes to social media posting. Mm-hmm. And what we've done instead, at least in the US and maybe the EU a little bit, is we've we we were relying on the Twitters, Facebooks, LinkedIns, Google apples of the world to kind of filter for us Mm -hmm. by taking out stuff that was really, and they weren't doing a great job, but they were probably taking the worst of the worst down. Now, of course, you know, that's one of the reasons Elon Musk bought Twitter X and drove it to hell. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But if those companies aren't the ones to regulate it, we got to assume it's never going to be regulated. And the the real answer is educate users to do a better job of separating fact from fiction, Mm -hmm. right? And it's probably going to take, you know, the generations coming up now, these AI native folks and and the the Gen Z, I think the Gen Z still don't get it, but it may take a generation, Mitch, For people to be able to, you know, do this right. We almost
0: need that A-bomb moment of something so big happening with fake information. Maybe it's an election. Maybe it's not. Um, But, you know, I've said that too about security and ransomware and stealing data. Some it will be big enough that it'll have, you know, that seismic kind of event. That hasn't happened. But I don't know. It, It is a perplexing problem. I certainly don't have. Many answers about what yeah. what to do to solve yeah. it. Even Krebs, remember he was on in in one of sure, our sure
1: Brian Krebs.
0: Brian he was on um, he was on one of the news programs. I saw him and he basically said you have to go back and check the sources and do fact checking and see if who was saying it or if someone else can validate it that you trust essentially was it came back to so you're going to you're going to enter a world where you don't know if anything's true and you're going to have to have ways of validating what is and not what and
1: isn't. i i think uh unfortunately i think it's going to get worse before it gets better yeah i think so too right i i think uh you know there are nation state actors there are unscrupulous politicians and political movements you know, go back to Nazi Germany. They were the first. You know, they made propaganda a religion. Mm-hmm. Right? And Goebbels said, "The bigger the lie, the more you say it, the more people will believe it." Yep. The more often you say it. Yeah. And I, I it's it pains me to say this, but he's right, or they're right. And I, I you know, I mean, it's gotten to the point, Mitchell, where. Like I, I don't, I don't believe ninety percent of what, and and I'm a an easygoing person, I think, but I don't believe ninety percent of what I see online, whether it comes from those I identify with or those I don't. I'll go back and go look just what Brian said to do. I'll go back and go look. Did you like Incredulous this week? The the Florida uh, Surgeon General said it's a parent's decision on whether kids who had been exposed to measles should come to school or not because mm-hmm. it's not up to us to tell a parent to vaccinate their child. So I read this, and I said, this can't be true. This is fucking ridiculous. I went mm-hmm. Am I crazy. So I, I didn't repost it or say anything at first. I then went, and I looked up. And I saw the video and I saw the letter that was sent and I saw multiple, multiple reports, all exactly the same. I said, Oh my God, I, you know, I would have thought for sure this is nonsense, but no, it's not nonsense. It's just Florida men, And, um, (laughs) you know, that's the world we live in just, you know, truth is stranger than fiction when it comes to Florida and, uh, go figure.
0: Like the Saturday Night Live, uh, I forgot who the host was, but there was a they're doing a skit on playing basketball, and the the guest would shoot and miss, and he he figured I had gone to some course about it. all you have to do is say is that you did it. So he says, I did, I hit it, it, it was good,
1: I got a point for that, and they're all like, oh okay, all right, yeah. kind of <laughs> go along with the flow. But you know, I think for the sake of humanity and civilization. We need people who aren't gonna go along with the yeah. flow. Yeah. But we're gonna say, hey, wait a second here. Is this really true? Right? They're not they're not selling children out of some pizza shop in DC yeah. or whatever yeah. that conspiracy theory oh, was, right? All, whatever. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, pizza. So it, but um I did have I did confirm something though. Social media was very helpful to me today. I confirmed something I'd always wondered. You know, in the original Star Trek, you remember when They were getting bombarded by, you know, whatever phasers or photon torpedoes from some, you know, the Romulans or Klingons and everyone on the ship would be doing this and they'd be doing that and, you know, Uh doing that. Well, somebody posted a picture that showed the crew doing that and above it, uh, someone had made a rocking chair that looked exactly like the Starship Enterprise and the
1: kid was... He's just pushing the whole side That's pretty like, funny. That's what, that's what that was. You know, that, that wasn't a deep fake or anything. No, no, that was, not that was real. All. Not at all. That okay, was real. So, I'll yeah. tell you something I found out <laughs> on social media today that may blow your mind. Okay, and I saw on. it on a Facebook post. I didn't believe it. I went back. I Googled everyone's name and pictures. And sure as heck, it was true. So you know, Mitch, I'm a big Godfather movie fan. I oh, love yeah, you've you a lot of quotes.
0: From the yep.
1: Godfather. I, everything you need to learn in life, you can learn from watching the Godfather movies. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and like many of us, I'm also a Sopranos fan. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, yeah. one Amazing of the best series. TV shows ever. David Chase, you know, and and uh, the whole—I mean, David Chase was the producer, but um, just the whole, the whole cast of Sopranos. Mm -hmm. Um, and the writers and that just the show's amazing. Um, but here's something that'll blow your mind. If you remember in Godfather Two, Hyman Roth, Sicilian messenger boy, he was called Mm -hmm. Johnny Orla, Mm -hmm. right? Good old Johnny Orla knew this town, like the back of his hand. He's an orange from our friend in Miami. (laughs) Johnny Orla is the act, the actor who plays Johnny Orla is uncle jr in the sopranos you're kidding i'm not kidding go google it yourself check it out i'm gonna have to look i'm gonna have to i'm trying that to picture blew, that. that was that was a revelation <laughs> what we talk about here at security boulevard but anyway that was that was amazing to me
0: it, Amazing. It is when you watch the older films and tv shows and stuff how many actors that are really famous you've gotten to know we're like like you know babies recycled really young they look like they're 14 18 or something yeah wow i didn't know they were acting back then of course nobody no blew my
1: mind blew my mind anyway mitch moving right moving right (laughs) along on to our next security topic (laughs) yeah well this is sort of a security topic it's important to us so mitch you were there when we started the security bloggers meetup at rsa i think it was 2003 or
0: 2004 yeah. yeah sounds about right and then in like 2004 like 2000 of us that went to that first one it was not
1: Yeah, it wasn't a, maybe more hosted. than 12 but it was it was rich mogul i think mike rothman martin mckay ui yeah. uh a bunch of other folks yeah. but There's um small group of michael us. farnham That's was there nice. anyway you know, and then we started the Security Bloggers Network, which is al- alive and healthy as ever on Security Boulevard. It mm-hmm. represents probably Don't the majority start. of the, more than the majority, a super majority of the stories on the Boulevard come from the Bloggers Network. But blogging's not what it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in 2004 and 2005. Today, many of us create security-related content some by blogs and art written articles, some by podcasts like this, some by videos, audio, um, various, you know, security creation, uh, security content creators.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, and, and the highlight of the bloggers network was always the bloggers meet up at RSA network every year at yeah. RSA conference every year. Excuse me. It was always Wednesday, no marketing zone, and we, what a great agillions. used to be. Jillian's, anyway. yeah, until yeah, that close. But you know, the the people who have been with coming to that with us for twenty years, I mean, a they're now giants in the industry. But mm-hmm. b they're really good people that you know we've grown to love and, and uh, respect. Good friends. Um, but for the last couple of years, Mitchell, it, you know, we've made it sort of. It yeah. hasn't gotten its due because I didn't focus on it personally. The situation in San Francisco was hard to get a place to make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and quite frankly, you know, here's to us and those like us, damn few left, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> sitting around so, the
0: barrel playing checkers. Well, you know, Yeah, what happened to our bloggers network when we were watching it?
1: Remember when we used to blog. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've well, wanted to revitalize it now for a couple of years and, and bring it forward to today's time. And, you know, it was actually, I spoke to Rich Mogul and Jennifer Leggio, two of the people who helped start the bloggers meetup with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we the idea was tossed around. Instead of calling it security bloggers network, maybe we call it security creators network, mm-hmm. SCN. And I love that idea because I think that's much more, in, in you know, engrossing what today's whatever the media content is. Right? Yeah, doesn't matter
0: yeah. what form. It's still yep. sharing ideas, communicating, advancing the knowledge base.
1: Yep. And so I, I wanted to do this, but I, I didn't want to just change the name to change the name. I wanted to wrap it around. So, I also uh, been talking um, with Gianna from the Security Marketing Professionals mm-hmm. Society, or I think that's it. Yes, um, about helping me, because I want to bring a new fresh audience in. yeah, I want to bring some of the younger people I want to bring Branch out. you know, the people who are creating content. And uh, again, she we're talking about their help coming in. but I've been able to locate a place to do it at RSA. You know Jack Daniels and and a couple of the people used to do Tonga Con every year at the Tonga Room. I don't know if you remember right. it. Polynesian I, I, theme. They give out lays. Mitchell, mm-hmm. you and I had many a drink there over the years. I don't. I don't remember of any of that. I was there, but no, I don't remember. You were there. You were there. You probably lost something there. But <laughs> anyway, there for some podcasting equipment, I don't know what it is. It wasn't there it was the W. It was but anyway, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rip that Band-Aid off the wound. Thank you very by, much. We'll let sleeping dogs lie. Um, <laughs> okay. But anyway, Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, Jack's not doing Tonga Kong anymore. Jack's kind of retired. And mm-hmm. uh, my friend Jeff Mann suggested I call the Tonga room, and I did. And I've been able to, it looks like, uh, lock down. I'm not going to take the whole room because I don't think we're going to have 450 people. Mm-hmm. But to take down a good portion of it to more than cover what we need. We'll have some good food, some good drinks, and uh, we're going to relaunch for RSA, the Security Bloggers Network, as the Security Creators Network, mm-hmm. and we're going to do our first Security Creators Network party. I don't think we're going to do awards this year, next year. We'll, we're we'll the Security Creators right there, Network yeah. party at, at it, and, and, and to honor the heritage of Tonga Khan, we're going to try to take some of the essence of what made Tonga Khan such a great party as well. And um, Polynesian drinks? Well, that, for sure, yeah. but um, you know, actually, OK, actually, actually, Mitch, I was going to throw it out to our audience. If any oh, okay. of you were Tonga Khan attendees or Tonga Khan, helped with Tonga Khan sponsor, etc, write to us, reach out to me. Alan at DevOps, A-L-A-N at DevOps.com. And and tell me what you liked best about TongaCon and what can we include in the security creators meetup that kind of honors that TongaCon heritage, meaning we're doing it in the Tonga room. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to get that in there. I think it'll be a nice touch, Mitch. We would. We would. Yeah, are we gonna have sponsors? Because we've always had sponsors. Are we doing? Well, it makes it real hard to pay for these things without sponsors. I was gonna say, thank thank God we have sponsors because that's how we do it. So I'll I'll be looking for sponsors. I one company was suggested. I'm reaching out. We'll be looking for more. Gianna and the Security uh, Marketing Professional Society hopefully will help with that as well. But there will be Eventbrite registrations and everything else, but we're back. We're, we're with back with our own show, not borrowing someone's venue, with our own party. It's going to be the Wednesday of security of RSA. Probably start around 5, 5.30, run till 7.30 or something like that, so people can go to their next parties and partake the party the night away, but I'm really pumped about it, Mitch. And, it, and it's not just the party at RSA. I think this will revitalize mm-hmm. There's 400 blogs or whatever in the bloggers network, but I want, I want more kinds of content, security related content. And we're mm-hmm. going to open the roles up and, and bring people in with this. People's
0: YouTube channels, their TikTok, their Everything. Instagram, their, yep. you know, maybe they're writing in a different form somewhere somehow. You know, and it's to broaden the forms, but it's also, as you were saying, deepen the generational aspect of this, right? We've yeah. been doing this for a while. And there are folks yeah. who are doing great work, you know, better than, you know, what we did, what we may have done. You know, they're, they're advancing it from where we are today. And we want to help help them have that voice, get that out there.
1: Security, Security Creators Network. That's what it's about. So it's we're fantastic. excited. Stay tuned for more information on that. Sounds Good really stuff. great. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. What other security stuff is there? Anything else on the docket for today, Mitch? I think. I th-
0: have we hit everything? I think. Oh, we, we talked a little bit about the whole uh, governments doing takedown of ransomware groups. That was a tech strong
1: gang topic. Yeah, that was that was a a tech strong gang discussion. You're right. Um, and I'm forgetting the ransomware. Group that they took down now. Uh, I could tell you in a minute, but we'll (laughs) we'll find it. But what was interesting is they made a huge announcement that it was taken down. And then two days later, it's back up. Yeah. (laughs) The whack-a-mole. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this, this is the problem when you have nation states that if they don't outwardly support these gangs, they tie, they, they turn a blind eye to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Well,
0: you know, and it was like I mean, we were discussing about you know they're going after the big ones, right? Because it's sort of like going after right. Kingpin. You were talking about the, the Godfather earlier, you know. And then there's you know, thousands, millions, billions of small, you know, medium and small things happening that are probably leveraging a lot of the same tools, right? But yep. um, Lockbit was
1: the name of Lockbit. The, That's it. You're right. Yeah. Lockbit. That I remember. And it's back. And, and so look, I applaud the government for their efforts. I applaud, you know, a lot of the companies that get involved in this, but this just gives you a peek into how insidious these, these, and, and deep rooted these things are it's mm-hmm. terrible. You know, it was interesting. I woke up this morning as I often do really early. It was about five, five thirty in the morning. And, um, I checked my email just because I don't know something's the matter with me, um, But I I checked my email and I got a message from Google because my son's email, I'm the emergency contact, I guess, or whatever. And Google sent out an email for my son's account that says, you're the emergency contact. We've seen his password on the dark web. Change your password immediately with disabling the account. So at first... Being the cyber pro that I am, I said, oh, this is a fish, Uh, Um, (laughs) you know? Quick here, click this link, son. (laughs) Yeah. So I went to (laughs) log in his email and sure enough, it was real Google. And I got to tell you the truth. I was pretty amazed that Google, I mean, it it must be automated, right? I can't imagine there's people doing that, but kudos to Google for doing it. It was a regular Gmail account too. This isn't corporate. Um. Kudos to Google for keeping They're an eye on things bad like things that. things were
0: happening on it, like it had been compromised and emails they being sent out of we, it, or just that said That the suspected. password
1: for this account was found in a... Oh, the password for this account was found in a breach. Okay. It was contained in a breach.
0: Huh. Well, they shouldn't, in theory, know your password, so they must be taking that data from that breach and saying, let me run it against our authentication and see if
1: it seems i they're in, just yeah. saying hey this breach was able to get a hold of the username and passwords and when they saw the username yeah they they assumed the password was too but that's okay i applaud them for doing it i wish every email provider did that
0: mm-hmm. right. Right. good it for
1: them makes a lot of sense
0: right i mean you, want to, you know ignorance is not bliss it's just yep.
1: ignorance it's just <laughs> ignorance and the, and you know You can have an opinion all you want, but when it's ignorant, it's ignorant. Exactly. All right, Mitch. (laughs) I think that that does it for me on Security Boulevard Chats this week. I think
0: we've hit several nails on the head or at least taken some swings, so I had a good time doing it.
1: I had fun. (laughs) It was
0: great doing it. Well, definitely check out, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast or you're seeing it for the first time on one of our websites, um particularly security boulevard but check us out we've got a bunch of podcasts that are available on devops sub security cloud native now ai we talk talk about a lot of those so yep. we're really enjoying producing this content and helping share some of the really you know a lot of great stuff on our on our websites and we like to highlight some of it so that's a real privilege to do that
1: yep well and if you like sort of crazy old uncles talking like this you should also check out tech strong gang <laughs> Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday every week, where we're joined by Mike Vizard and Sharon Florentine, Amanda Rizzini, and a whole bunch of friends at TechStrong discussing cyber and DevOps and cloud native and AI and transformation and the rest. It's all good stuff. Well, thanks for
0: joining us, everybody. Uh, This is Mitch Ashley. And Alan Schimmel. Thank you for joining and listening to us on Security Boulevard Chats. Bye,
1: everybody.